Hey, this is Mateo Lane. I'm Emma Wilman. And this is Inside the Closet. Inside the Closet. <laughs> All right, here we are. I haven't, I haven't nice seen you in be, a long it's time. It's nice to be across from Yeah. You. I got I my little outfit, my punk rocker outfit from my punk rocker girl audition. And we're both back in good health. I, uh, my nose is running. I'm, t- I'm so, I've, I've beaten down myself to the point of, um, I just got over a cold, so I'm begging you not to, I sound like Lindsay Lohan today, because <laughs> I'm getting over, like, a horrible cough. <laughs> I, <laughs> or Rachel Ray. I, does, does Rachel Ray even have, like, a, a voice like that? Are you joking? Have you ever heard her I voice? I never listened to her Literally, now. she opens the show, and she's like, check out! Like, she sounds like really? the devil. She sounds like the devil. Oh. Um, I'm my, doing a full bit on Rachel Ray right now. And by the way, when no, I no, I know, and and when the only thing I know, I because I hadn't even know what her voice sounds like, but I still laugh when you do it. Like so, it's still like people rough. that don't know what she sounds like, people will still laugh because like, I say she we're we're stuck with her forever because she's one of Oprah's Horcruxes. Oh, I haven't seen this. And a lot of audience, they it's, it's I'm it's going ha- good. Well, you know when you're like writing new material ah, and it's sticking, it feels good. It's the best feeling in you the feel world. Like you've accomplished something. And actually, this and Taylor's Trucker Show Live has been helping me get more material because the things that I'll talk about on here that like people seem to respond to or like what I seem to like go back to, I'm like, you, oh, you're right about that. Dates, weird, weird, yeah, dates. weird. Da- the rafting, robots, haven't the talked rafting. about, haven't found a way to talk about that. My my buddy Jonas, who listens to this, sent me a really sweet email um, about the sex robots, where it was from one of the episodes that you and I had recorded, and we then released it later. But it was one where I was like wax and poetic about the fucking sex robots. So he sent me an email, and he was like, basically just like, you know, I'm kind of like. If you're looking for affirmation, he it was very sweet. But I, when I was reading it, I was like, "Oh my god, this is like me and the robots is, is so fucking depressing." I have to say, we I'm getting a lot of comments for me to talk to you about your drinking. Oh, I yeah, know. Did I not no, to throw no, you under? We haven't no, even talked about I it. I mean, this is the thing. This is the thing. I'm so I'm so busy. Like, I don't even know. I need to decompress from LA stuff. I know I'm definitely making excuses, but it's like I'm so. I am making excuses, but it's like, yeah, I should like stop, go to AA, put that stuff. Are first. you still drinking right now? This morning? No, I'm just kidding. Well, not that, this not morning. a good joke. Bad joke. Last night, did you have a drink? No, I didn't. I stayed in last night, but I, I've been having like a beer or two almost every night. I haven't been getting drunk, but this is the thing. I'm so busy. I literally cannot get. I I can't get drunk because I can't be hung over for all the stuff I have to do. Like I. But got, then why, why are you even adding that? Why are you adding the thing? Because I need. Because I want the um like the relief from it. Like I've never been with the amount of auditions and pitches and meetings. Like the You're, amount of meetings I was going on in L. A. Like I work. I work so hard to get that that level of meeting that I'm not saying no to anything. I think you need to start saying no. Here's not to thing. meetings like the, that. The drinking, not with the uh, the, t- the opportunities. But, no right, way. But let me put it this way: the things I'll your, die on me, my way to let, getting that sitcom. Let thing. me say, I'm, we got to talk about auditioning. I mean, it's. I think it, I and missed I'll out on in, getting an NBC sitcom because I didn't want to audition. When the when the director of casting called me personally, then you do need I, to do it. But I also was in a position where this is okay. This is what happened because or like today, what's giving me this extra stress is like I had I was already like tired and stuff, and then I did warm up for John Oliver and Sunday. There's all this stuff. And then I got an audition on top of it. And right. I was like, and now break, there's too much. We're going to break this down so we're not all over the place. Yes. Thank first, you, Mateo. First, I we're going to talk it. about auditioning, but then we're getting right back to drinking. <sighs> so I th- this is what happened to me, because I get being busy. This is what this is me in a span of four days. Are you ready? Let's hear four it. And days, I know so many people are busy, and they've got kids and all that stuff. Four days, Just I had to wake up at my truth. 5 a.m., mm. get on a flight, connecting flight, to get to Tallahassee, Florida, 
land in Florida, do the show, do a Q and A. I'm concerned that as till, to why you were on, in Tallahassee. Because we're doing Sam J and I were doing this like university. So then after that, it goes to like one a.m., which is late, right? Yeah. I get back. I get maybe an hour, two hours of sleep because I have to wake up at four because I have to get on my six a.m. flight that has two connecting flights. To get why didn't you just to, try, go from Tallahassee to, go, to there? Because it, there's no connecting. There's only connecting flights to Tallahassee, Florida. There's no direct flights. <sighs> so eat, eat there and back was connecting. So then when I got to New York, I immediately went to the TRL studios because I was originally supposed to go straight to L.A. and have a day off. But right. that I had uh, MTV was like, do you want to do this after the challenge? special thing with Nessa. We, do we sound super obnoxious right so, now? Do you think? No, no. Okay. This is our lives. It's a, People also, can watch You it. guys got to understand just like the level of like sh- going through like open mics and all this shit to and it's that Emma, stuff we don't is have just to explain as, ourselves. Okay. This is our lives. Yeah. So I go and, none of this is complaining. I'm just explaining exactly. the business. So I get there. I get to TRL. We have the rehearsal. You're there all day Who long. Who Was Matt Reif there? It was Nessa. No. Oh. But it was a TRL special after. Matt Reif wait, 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 is a me, hunk of hunk of burning love. Let me just get through this stupid schedule because okay. it's Cutting off the dramaticness. Oh, sorry. So it's a, a Tallahassee, Florida, two connecting flights, back here, two MTV, wait all day, rehearse, do the film, get out at 2 a.m., get back home, wake up at 4 a.m. to get on the 6 a.m. flight to get to L.A., land immediately, have four pitches that day, and then get sleep, and the next day have four more pitches. How'd the pitches And that go? night, I was flying back to New York, taking uh. a red eye. So this is me running on two three, four hours yeah. of sleep, and I, I'm, like, delirious. And then the people give me a call and say, we want you to audition for this role as this gay character, this NBC pilot. I said, I don't, I don't, I can't memorize eight pages. I'm in the middle of pitching. Mm-hmm. I have, I'm on no sleep. I don't look good. I would present myself well. And then they were like, okay, fine. Then the casting director called me. Then the cast, the head of casting for W, the uh, Warner Brothers called me. I was like, I know it sounds like... What, but to my head, I was like, I'm literally so tired. I'm you literally did the right so thing. tired. Yeah. That I was like, I'm going to look like shit. I'm going to sound like shit. I came here for less than 48. I came here for 24 hours to pitch Four ghost pitches time. in one day on no sleep is, it's so, because when I was doing the, when it'd be like meetings and it'd be like. I, now I do think we sound like we're. Yeah, because also, but this is the thing. It's like been so many years of like sign up for an open mic, then run to the other one and sign up and then run back. So it's like then when you even start right, to get, you I'll know? explain open mics to the people listening. Before you do comedy, you, you walk in a room and people pee and spit on you. Before, and then you, and then you pay them five dollars. This is basically what you do in comedy when you want to get started. So like what, what the level of Emma and I are now, we're scratching and clawing because we want to make sure that we maintain any kind of way to pay rent. Yeah. So, and we should also examine where this drive to make it comes from. Let's talk about that after then. That sounds great. Um, so this is what an open mic looks and like. And thank you for keeping me on track because I really am all over the place today. I could tell. I could. The, yeah, the, I'm, I'm getting problems. stress vibes from you. Okay. But, I'll start breathing deep. And um, thank you guys for listening. No, I think it's fine. Um, I think... Um, so this is what an open mic is for those who are who, who want to be a comedian or don't understand comedy. Em and I rarely talk about comedy on this podcast, so this is we'll say this is an episode we talk about a lot of comedy. Oof. I was just telling our producer, I'm like we never talk about comedy. That's why we're so relatable, <laughs> and we open up with comedy. Right. So this is what it is. When you want to even so the goal is okay. There's open mics. Open mics bottom of the barrel. Right, open mics. Anyone could show up. Anyone could sign up. Anyone could do them. The step above and each an open one has mic. their own culture. So there could be an open mic where it's like, no, like the guy who hosts has been hosting it for like fifteen years, and he only puts up his like first like fifteen friends, and then like, like I remember going to open mics, and I would, I was just, I remember sitting there going last, right? And I remember just watching the other comedians. And then when I would go up, they would leave, and then I remember yep. my head thinking, someday I'm going to make it, and I'm going to be more than you guys. And anyone that's nice to me, and the one or two people that were nice to me. Mm-mm. 
mm, do I have their motherfucking back? Oh, yeah. But Suba. I just remember. Suba. I will always have Suba. Always so back. nice. I, I remember like looking at my name on the list of like 30 deep comedians, and I pictured my name like elevating but, above it, and was like, I'm going to do it. I'm going to do it. And I don't know one of their motherfucking t- names. Typically, like open mics you try and do so you can get on a bar show. A bar show mm-hmm. is a free show that is run by a comedian, and maybe there's like seven real audience members. And you but- probably have to drive like two hours to get to it. <laughs> I'm well, not, not in the city. I mean, you know, okay, like, in Boston, I used to yeah, go to New at Hampshire. Least, at least in New York, I used to go to so, open mic in New Hampshire. All the open mics in New York City are there's no real audience members. There's just comedians. So at one open mic, any given there's 57 different open mics on a Monday. Mm-hmm. Okay, some you pay for, which I never did, and then most are free. Okay, and then typically at an um, open mic, there'll be 60 comics at that mic. Everybody gets two minutes, so you have to wait. For your turn and your group. So the host comes up, does his two minutes, and then says, okay, I'm going to draw names out of the hat. So-and-so, 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 and so-and-so. You guys are the first five. They sit down. At a minute and 30, you get lit. So and you then know someone you have 30 bumps seconds you. left. Someone who's like on a few bar shows or like maybe was on like Comedy Central once 10 years ago can come in and be like, yeah, they'll bump everyone. I'm going up now. So you know you're doing well if you get like drawn early. Mm-hmm. I remember the creek. I, I I knew I was doing well when I'd start getting drawn early. Yep. But here's the thing. You do these for years. You do an open mic Years. every single day, Uphill multiple open ways. mics. Evan Williams is my open mic buddy. Yeah, and we would Ron go. Slim was mine. Oh, that's nice. Mm-hmm. So we would run from. I would say we'd do three or four mics a day. We have no shows. We're not getting paid. You're running around the city. You're paying for your own dinners. You and then do sometimes you go like, and watch shows. Would you? And you go watch shows. After you, you'd you'd watch shows that. in hopes that like one day they'll see you. And like you also do enough open mics so that someone who runs a show might book you. Mm-hmm. My goal was Cabin. That was the thing. There was a show here called Cabin. Yes, I always wanted to and do that. And it was like the show. I remember like I got the, my Cabin date, and it was yeah. like the, getting the Tonight Show. It's a huge. It's a huge thing when you're. She never. She only had me on that when I started getting like other stuff. Right. But it's a great. That was a great show but i remember you know and so pe- and a lot of open mics the turnaround is like i would say 90 percent dropout mm. i mean the people you the people we started with they're, uh, they're gone all of them are gone a good amount of the people i started with in boston are still doing it mm. maybe boston's yeah. less yeah. large and competitive than yeah. new york i mean new york Definitely. is insane so you know you do this again and again you don't date you don't, don't go date. out you don't can't party, be a good friend you don't do any you literally you can try only but. hang out with these comedians and you sacrifice everything else. I would wake up at 5 a.m. so I could get to work an hour early, so I could leave an hour early, so I could start doing mics, and I would do mics till probably about 2 o'clock in the morning and do this. And, and Fridays are the same. Saturdays are the same. Sundays are the Saturday, same. Saturday, I used to go to a open mic at 4 p.m. In, on, in the afternoon. Me too. And on uh, the, in the East Village, on Houston, Tomas Delgado used to run. I would always do the one. Parkside. I would do his on some... See, because I was in grad school, so I would leave school and sign up. And I remember there was this point where... There's this one mic where I would I would do the ones that usually you'd have to like Dude, pay five dollars for. To people? Well, I guess we'll find out. Yeah, sorry. but I'm interested in how other people do what they do. So I think that this is pretty. Well, this is how we got to this point. That's what yeah, this is how we got is, to do a free podcast. That point. But but it's yeah, true. no, it's true. Totally. Comic, that's why comics have such a hard grind. And we're I going like through. And I want to contextualize it for people because if you hear us being like, oh, we're doing these meetings and that, it. I just wanted to know that like what goes into creating that. Right. You know what I mean? Right. But. I remember doing the because I would go to school and then I would I remember there was this like mic where it's like you could sign up anytime so people started getting it was like a six thirty mic people would get there at like four p.m. and sign up so I was like oh you want to play this game you want to play the who's gonna get there early gets to go up first game I got that before I went to school I went by at like ten a.m. and would put a piece of paper up and sign my name up and then someone started ripping it down because then I would always go first so then what I did 
is I put a piece of paper up and then I started laminating it to the thing and I would sign up two other people before me so they'd sign me up at other mics. I had a little business thing mm-hmm. and then the owner of the club was like, who is laminating a piece of paper to the front door because every day I have to scrape it down and you're damaging the door because I wasn't even thinking of that. I literally was just plastering it with tape so no because one could take it down. Because you know you want that spot. I want that open mic spot, yeah. I'm used to so fight I've got for no open sympathy for people. They're like, oh, the business is hard. It's unfair. It's like, yeah, so figure it out. Yeah. People find ways to become doctors. People find ways to be in the military. People find ways to be fucking social workers. But then what happens is out. when you start doing well at open mics, then you start doing bar shows. Yeah. And then you're like, you've moved up a floor, like in the building. Mm-hmm. I always envision comedy as a big building and you have to start on floor one mm-hmm. and eventually floor 100 looks real far away but then you know it, it you become when you're rewarded you're learning and yes. you you start listening to your sets and data and then slowly but surely you know you start auditioning for this thing called montreal it's this big comedy festival it means a lot and that helps people or people will get like be seen by this and be on that show or that anyways it's or just, they find their old w- own way and there's no mold now sometimes kinda, too. yeah there is a mold but then there's also there's also the wild card of like or just become famous some other some way and also em and i were doing it in a scene where we're probably the one percent of gay people yeah and that we would we still do like mainstream anything yeah and even know. though there's like lots of gays now showing up or yeah, queer people and which is amazing it's still significantly smaller and the more the higher you go up the less and less there are mm-hmm. so you know it was like a weird kind of weird journey for us to be like all around all these straight people all the time all the time but it's fine i mean they're you know it's, oh, yeah. I'm a big fan. They should be able to get married, vote. You know, <laughs> I'm all for it. So now that we're at this point where it's like everything in your career is like there's you have to make choices mm-hmm. and you have to make focuses. And so like even my ghost hunt show, that's a two year process that took me right. to Snapchat that now we're trying to make to a TV show. Like just for me. And how to did the get, pitches go? How did you feel? They went really well. Good, we're in so talks bad. with two Good. networks. But um, so cross our fingers, but yep. um, oh, that's the other thing. And then you get cut from stuff. Like oh, before everything. I got Crazy X, I got like cut from something. Everything. And wake up with Taylor. Get the, the. like the to, like to my Ghost Hunt show, which is on Snapchat. To get that show, it was two years Do ago. You know how many people we had to fuck to get? No, I understand. Two years ago. No, I have never been able to. Oh well, that's not true. But generally, like people are like, oh, someone's gonna like screw their way to the top. I'm like, yeah, I don't even have that option. Yeah, we don't have that option. I'd be open. I've well, tried to maybe flirt before. Gays. Yeah, I could like. I don't know. Well, there's no need. I wouldn't do it. I hope my talent would do it. Exactly. I don't, anyways, I've, now I feel like we're excusing ourselves for working hard. I mean, it is our reality. That's it's, our lives. It'd be also, ridiculous I, if we were like, I went to my 9 to 5 job today, and I thought that Cindy had a nice blouse. Right. And then also... <laughs> we live in insanity. to them, even to that, I'm like, see, good for you. That sounds much simpler and nicer. But... I also want to always contextualize like how much work goes into getting it because when people are just like, oh yeah, I got this, and then they don't say how hard it was, I'm like, you're trying to give the illusion that you're just like some amazing, exceptional person, you just get handed these things. What would be amazing or an exceptional in anything we're doing is actually the work that goes into it. N- forget about any natural talent or ability. That's got to be like a baseline. Yeah, so you're it's right. the work that goes into it. Because if someone's like, oh, it's so cool you're doing comedy, I'm like, it's not what you think. It's not cool for those reasons. It's actually not glamorous at all. But what actually is cool is working against all the odds for something and putting one foot in the other, like walking to an open mic when it's like raining and sleeting and like all your friends from school are like hanging out and Partying going on and dates. getting and, married and going mm-hmm. on dates and you're on a Saturday night. Yeah, broke, just being like, I think I'm going to be able to do this. I think I'm going to be able to do this. Yeah. And then I... Okay, let's talk about that because what is that drive in both of us and, that tells us, yeah, uh, well, this is our only option. I know if I hadn't had such an awful stepmom, I've thought about this a lot. I, not now. My stepmom now is amazing. But I had such an awful stepmom growing up and like 
being overweight and then dyslexic and my parents divorced and all these things to and being a gay was the bottom of the list of stuff that I was working through. If I hadn't had all that that I had gotten through, I wouldn't have been able to do this because I needed a reservoir of things. But really, that stepmom because she was she was awful. Well, I would like to offer you um, a dream catcher. Thank you, uh, Mateo. I think that no, my name's um, oh. uh, Sue. Um. <laughs> my favorite. If I hadn't been able to know that I could get through that, because I remember just like her being so awful to me and me thinking, if I can get through this like mental abuse. I can do anything. By the way, that's why you see comics snap on stage and you don't understand because we literally get all... We've been working years for it. We're waiting all day to do 15 minutes. All day. We are yeah. waiting all day to do 15 minutes. And all that we ask in those 15 minutes is that you just pay the ha- a half, half attention. attention. Just pretend. Just don't have your phone right in front of your face, right upstairs. I yelled at a girl last night. and now really? this happened. Yes. But this happens a lot. A How lot. could someone have their phone out when you're performing? Obviously, no, I'm by, I, you're th- so engaging. There was okay. Um, there was. It's true. There were two girls in the front row, two nice little white girls, mm-hmm. and uh, and I say little because they really were just like these tiny little things. Anyways, um, they, she wasn't laughing the whole show. So I'm up there and I'm like, okay, I'm obviously focusing on her because she's right in the front. She's not laughing. And comics anything. always do that. We could be so, having the best set of our lives, and if someone in the back is like, <laughs> I said to her, um, all right, I said you're not laughing at anything. I was like, uh, as, I'm like, all right, we'll talk. Like as a joke, I was like, well, we'll talk about what you want to talk about. I said, what's your favorite TV show? Because I was talking about a TV show, and she goes, um, uh, I don't know. And so I go, well, you must be great on first dates. <laughs> and then I said, no, seriously, are you dating someone? And then she looks at her friend, the girl next to her, and goes, her. And then they both start dying of laughter. Like, oh, how funny to think that we could ever be in a relationship. <laughs> and I looked yeah. at her and I said, and I never Don't flatter do this, yourself. You but I mind. looked at her and I said, do you realize that you making yourself as gay being the butt of the joke is wildly homophobic while there's a gay man talking to you on stage? Yes, yes, yes. And the entire yes. room started clapping. Yeah, I don't think she got it. I don't think she gets what that is. And I never get angry on stage. I mean, I get angry, but it's not like that kind of anger. And but I, you did it in a way that the audience responded well to it, too. I know. I was, so, But I get that a lot. I'll say, who's gay here? And there's always some guy who turns to his buddy and goes, <laughs> right there. Right, yeah. And it's like... Good one, dude. The idea that he's gay is hilarious, I, you fuck. I, yeah. I know. I know. Yeah. But that's like comic. Anytime someone's like, did you hear this comic exploded on stage? I say, I defend them. Yeah, totally. Well, um, Dave Chappelle had... Well, not Kramer. That was a Well, lot. no, actually, Dave Chappelle had a great thing about that. There's a clip online. If you Google him talking about it, maybe we can post when we post this, where he was talking about it, and he was like, you know what? That's where I realized I was a comedian over everything else. Like, he was like, when he snapped... Oh, is the joke funny. Yeah, he goes, he goes, when he snapped, I went, those, like, you know, I'm paraphrasing, but he's like, those motherfuckers in the audience, like, that's a bad audience. He's like, I get it, man. Like, don't let them take you down. Don't let them take you down. He was like, that was me as a comedian. He was like, as a black man, I was like, you can't say that word. Yeah, yeah. But I, I thought it was so interesting that he... He said that. And then I, when he said that, the fir- when I first heard it, I didn't get it. Like, I was like, oh, how could you? But then as time goes on, I'm like... I find it strange that so many straight guys are like, um, I, well, I wish we could say that word, faggot. Right. And I, I'm, I, well, I can't at least say it because the first I, time in your life you're told no to something and then you don't know how to handle but it. But also, I'm like, you are more, you're more than welcome to say it. I, I always say, I'm While not, you're getting fucked I by said, I'm not the faggot police. I was like, but doesn't mean you're not going to suffer repercussions of it. Right. I was like, just because, like, you can say whatever you want. You right. <laughs> I can't believe we're, I'm, I feel like we're in, we're in a rage today. <laughs> But we're defending our and hard Mateo work. has a little cute little pink t-shirty thing on because I am wearing a very slutty shirt. But let me I tell like, you why. 
I was I've been so full of that octopus rash. Oh, the octopus rash. That I'm like What's today's the like status? the first day that it's not it's still over my legs. Really? I could show you right now. It's literally So you you I'm so sorry that you had to deal with this. Well, I mean, my boyfriend didn't leave me for it. Of so course not. You can not. still see where it's remaining, but it's going away. Oh, it's, and that's none of that's going to scar, right? Look, it's even bad. Oh my god, he's got it on his butt almost. I know. It's, I'm sorry. I'm telling you it's bad. And does it itch? No, none of it itches. But my I'm sorry. My, my dermatologist said it's going to take like a, a month to go away. So I told my boyfriend, oh my I was like, god, well, I that was some bad like, octopus. Oh, we need to promote. Uh, Liz and I were talking. Um, I will be at the cellar in Las Vegas. If oh, yeah. you live in Las Vegas, I will be there on two weekends. So I want you guys to come because they're opening up a cellar in Las Vegas. And yes. It's so cool. And I'll be there. Wait. Oh, no. I'll be there the 12th through the 15th in Las Vegas. Of April? Yeah. Okay. I'm going to be there the weekend after. I will be there um, April 26th to 29th and then May 10th to the 13th. Awesome. And I'm back sometime in June or July, but I don't know. But also, April 8th is our live show that we're doing in New York. So if you're in New York, come out April 8th, and it's going to be a lot of fun. I'm trying to call Bob the Drag Queen, but he's in rehearsal right now. I want to get get an update on how's, how's, how's Loveland. Oh, lo- it couldn't be better. I'm so glad. It couldn't be better. The hairdresser texted me. To say apple what? Apple girl. She, hairdresser, she wanted apple, apple girl. pie this time? No. So, first of all, I follow her on Instagram, so I'm like, ah, oh, she got Stop back. Stop following her. I know. She got back with her ex, right? That's what I thought. Really? Already in this time? Yes. Well, that's what I thought, but it wasn't. So then she messaged me and was like, hey. <laughs> she has no idea the amount that she's been, like, discussed by Thoroughly. By many. Thoroughly. <laughs> no idea. To the point that where someone drew a reference to her. Oh, I've had people bring me apples at shows. Thank you Are so you much. Serious? I eat every single one of those things. By the way, thanks Shout- to everyone who came to the Lincoln Lodge. Yes, and thanks, Christine. And, and um, Why don't we do a show together and have it in New York? We, well, we're doing April 8th. Okay, yeah. April 8th, come. And then maybe we'll start doing it? another one. It's um, at the Abrams, Abrams Art Center as part of PodFest. I'll be getting back from Spain that morning. I'll be getting back from L.A. And I'll, so each of us will be been with seeing our oh, people. Maybe we get to if, the airport at the same time and we can take a tra- uh, cab together. Ooh-wee. And then, but, um, well, if I keep hanging out with this person, then then I'll, I'm going to be seeing her in L.A. too. But hairdresser texted me and said, hey, I want to catch up. I was like, catch up? So I just didn't write her back. And then I wrote, I was like, yeah, I'm kind of like busy. Then I went to Toronto. Uh, then, but yeah, let's talk. And then, what does she want to catch up about? I don't know. I don't know. Then catch I was, up about what? Mustard knows? about what? Who knows? But I've been seeing. I'm gonna see. I'm gonna go um, tomorrow to visit that person that I had been telling you about. You guys about the last time I was on. Who, when we had sex, uh, did the you know? She fingered you. She yeah. finger blasted the shit out of you. It was crazy. I can't believe you allowed a girl to finger blast you because all this time you're like, I, I don't want to do anything that feminizes me. It didn't feel feminizing though in a weird way. Well, I say it because it probably people, felt like a, people like put you their were fingers a, in guys' butts. Yeah, I don't. I, I'm not saying. I'm saying to you, it's. I'm not saying it's a, a, a. Did I tell you about her arch, her back arching theory? So she told me she goes because she said something where she's like, I want to like fuck you from behind. I was like, yeah, no, that's I was like, that's not happening. I was like, this is crazy. Like, this is insane. I'm the fu- I fuck the girl from behind. I smushed her head down. I got a whole thing. I've done this a billion times. These are these are my, these are no, 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 no. And then she's like, look, if you don't, <laughs> she's like, if you don't arch your back, it's not feminine. She's like, I fucked a lot of guys like where they're just like on their stomach or like. But she's like, if your back's not like twerked up, it's not feminine. And I was like, mm. and then we ended up. Uh, do- she kind of it was. She it, did it to you. Yeah, but it wasn't. I was not. It was just like I. It wasn't like it. I did not feel feminized. 
But it was fun. She had you wear a tool belt. Exactly. That's like your version of a harness is like you were in a tool but belt. But it's fun. And- I don't know what my problem's been for so long. I should have been more open-minded all this time. But it's fun. It's it's definitely You turn into a verse lesbian? Now I have a question. Yes. When do you ask someone if they're sleeping with other people? Uh, I know we talked about this last time. Well, I, how, how often do you talk to her? Every day. Then today you say to her, I just want to ask you something. And I'm only asking because I really enjoy talking to you. And I just wanted to know, and there's no problem. You know, are, are you seeing other people? And then if she goes, wait, can we role play it? Sure. Okay. Well, if she's not butch, right? No! Okay, so I won't use my typical lesbian. Oh. <laughs> okay. Hey. Um, how you doing? Hey, good. How are you? Good. Uh, I wanted to ask you this. Um, uh, bu- 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 uh, I wanted to- Are you nervous? Yeah. You seem nervous. You know, interpersonal communication, if it's like intimate, is tricky, but, um, I wanted to- There's no like right or wrong because I just try to check in, see where we're both at. Are you at. pregnant? I. <laughs> it sounds like. It sounds like you're pregnant. I, I, that, that would be easier to, to say than this. There's no right or wrong to this. Um, do you, are you, uh, are you having sex with other people? I'll stop you right there. Okay. I, that's the wrong way to do it. Ah, shit. You be her, I'll be you. Okay. Hey, she, I, I usually know how to make, reenact like someone being bitchy. She, she's like cool. It's hard right, to do right, a character. Right. Um, hey. Hey. How you doing? Good. How are you? Good. 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 I'm giving you the voice I thought you would want. I like it. Yeah. Okay. Um, I would say, um, how's things going? Things are pretty good. I'm so glad that you're here visiting me. Uh, yes. I'm so excited. Yes. Listen, I just wanted to. I wanted to say something to you. I'm yeah. talking to you every single day, and I really enjoy your company. Right. And it dawned on me that I, somewhere down the line, you know, maybe sooner than later, would like to be exclusive with you. What does that even mean? Why do you want to rush things? <laughs> Are you projecting on me what you think she's going to say? Yeah. Um, I don't think she'd cut you off. I think she would listen. Yeah. And you could just say, I, I really like you. I enjoy spending time with you. And I'm more you just know, curious if she's having sex say, with other people why, now. Why don't you say, there's the jealous part of me. I, you could say, I really... Well, if wait, she's wait, having sex wait, with wait, people, wait. I'm cool with it. I just want to know. I realized so I, I liked having... you. I realized I like you because I started getting jealous thinking about you maybe you know having sex and with also, other people. So I wanted to have that conversation and be like, are you open to exclusivity? I don't even know if I want to be exclusive, it. though. What? Because what if I want to have sex with other people? Now that I've discovered this whole new world of interactive sex, maybe I want to go be oh, fucking God, around. Emma, this is, I thought that she was like special. She is. She's great. You, something's happening. No, she's really wonderful. You're drunk. No, I'm just having coffee. <laughs> <laughs> she's really wonderful, but um, I don't know. No, she's great. We, but we've only been talking like one month, you know? Mm-hmm. I'm more just like curious. I'm curious. I could see myself Why being in an open relationship. With, I think you're with curious because you like her. Yeah, I do. I really do. I'm just yes, because I guess it's like I'd have to know in my head what I would want to get out of that. Because if she's like, if she's like, yeah, I'm having sex with other people. What I would do to protect myself is I would just go send out a plethora of messages, try to recruit and source some people so I could have sex with other people myself. But that sounds depressing. But that sounds like you're very reactive. It's the same thing that you oh, do when you drink. Yeah. You're putting yourself through a lot of stress. Sure. And then instead of dealing with it in a healthy way, yeah. you cover it up by by adding more on. Absolutely. So drinking isn't... We're going to the drinking. Drinking isn't taking away. It's adding on. Absolutely. Oh, yeah. So, I'm so anything, self- it's more stressful. Of course. I'm so... Well, it was funny. In LA, when I was drinking, it wasn't like... 
It was because I was like so busy. It would be like one or two beers a night. I've heard you say this before. No, I, I have I've no. Heard you say this I know it's a. I know it's not good. I know it's a problem. But the the truth is, like, I'm not gonna like deal with it. And t- it's got to be something that like. I have to want to do like it can't be something that someone else puts on me. But I appreciate the concern. I'm not telling you to stop drinking. Yeah, I'm only bringing it up as a concern because this is something we've talked about Absolutely. in depth on and off the podcast. And I know how hard it is engaged to someone who's like active in addiction because I have a good friend who has an eating disorder. Mm-hmm. And is when the same she, as an addiction, yeah, I guess it so, is. Right? It is like the more I've learned about it, thing. which I didn't know either. And right. you know, there's a comedian who's she has been so helpful and she's like super successful. No, oh, thank you. And she <laughs> has been so helpful talking to me about my friend who's got the eating disorder but it is an addiction and right now she's like very active in it and it's so hard to engage with her she's well, deathly you, thin and i'll go you, are you okay and she just bites your head off do you want me to can i probe you more about this or is this something i mean you're uncomfortable i'm super i'm not uncomfortable with it but i'm super self-aware of it and also and i just don't i'm not gonna right now i don't want to it's like it's not the it, i'm not at a point of like surrender with it also like in the past i'm not stopped, asking you to surrender things have been unmanageable right now my life is right now also i'm happy in my i am like relatively happy in my life because it's like i feel like i'm like charging ahead with these like opportunities i'm excited about i me bringing this up by the way is not an implication that i'm telling you to quit if right. you told me that you want to drink for the rest of your life i'd be fine with that i'm not standing here being like don't drink don't drink don't drink what i am saying is this is something that has come up before, mm-hmm. and then I've heard and gone down. If we're going to count go, the stairs, gone it's going down. down yeah, the, sta- the, the stairs, stairs and the, that sa- that night with the ambulance and the, oh, the yeah. guys coming over. So I'm just saying, if, and a, many other things as a friend. Yeah, if if listen, if I was engaging in something that was hurting me in the past, and I was moving forward in the future, if you didn't say to me, let's at least talk about it, right? Then that would be. You would be. I don't think you'd be a good friend. I agree. But I think too. I my, all my friends are addicts. And all I my know friends have it's like a safe problems. space to like talk about it. Like if I like get to the point of where I want to begin to address it again. But it's funny because also this time around, it's like I haven't been like obsessing about. It. I used to, but I don't have like the space, mental space to even obsess about it now. I think I'm like a very obsessive person. Yeah. So I think that it's just like you consume. Yeah. You're all consuming. Yeah. Because my same. first drug was food. You're right. Sugar. I've, sugar was the hardest to break an addictive pattern with because when you're overweight and when you've got the sugar like going through your veins, like it is some crazy. I remember when I, in between eighth grade and high school, I actually went to rehab. Wait, no, it was high school and college. I went to rehab. Now, and I was smoking pot every day and like drinking too. And I was like, if I'm going to ever have a shot at making it in college, I have to like get it together. And I was trying to numb myself because he abused a stepmom. But. So, also, the sexuality and your yeah, parents' but divorce. The and stepmom trumped all that. that. I know that step trumped all that, but I do think that stuff wasn't easy. But my friend Pat pointed it out because I was going over my anxieties. I'm a, I'm a very anxious person, mm-hmm. and he said I think it has to do with the fact that it's not just the gay thing, but it's that you had a secret, sure. and that at a young age there was no Everyone's one around you thing, to be able to more help you with that secret. Right. That there's no one around you to say that this is okay and people to give you the tools to do with it. Subjects. So you, you sort of have this abstract way of dealing with things because of that secret that you developed on your own that feel very normal and comfortable to you. Right. But on the outside, it's causing a lot of stress and anxiety. That's where totally. all the stress and anxiety come from. Totally. We're getting very therapeutic. Someone else was like, your last episode was very therapeutic. Yeah, I had a couple guys write to me about that. They were saying they related to what you were saying about with you and your dad. 
Very Which much so. Great. I think that's very... And I... <clears throat> God, Not great I just, that you guys all are going through that, but that's great to have a... Well, we had a blowout, and I said everything that needed to be said. So it's now just about him reflecting and coming back to me with anything that's, you know... Has he come, been coming back to you? No. Oh. I'm just at a point in my life where if I'm going to have a relationship with someone, I need it to not be false. So if we totally. need to get to that point and we have a history, then I just need you to be able to, to recognize what I'm recognizing and not for the sake of you know my mom or making other people happy. Mm-hmm. I just want you yourself to get to a point. That's I mean, I don't think it's asking too much. I think that's totally fair. Yeah. I think it's totally fair. Um, I forget what I was say- thinking right before uh, We were the- talking about drinking and you're at a point in your life where you're happy. Um, Relatively happy. Uh, you do seem happy. Your skin looks good. Your thanks, hair looks great. Thank you so much. Yeah, it's the and, and birth control Emma, and spornolactone. You're on a nationally syndicated show. You have multiple Oh, that already feels spots. like... No, I don't, you're just on one. Netflix. We will be. That already and feels like a long time ago. Though. I know. I forgot okay. it happened. Someone yeah. said the other day he has Same. a Netflix special coming up. And I was like, who? Yeah, who? <laughs> it's true. Um, wait, there was something else I wanted to... Uh. Well, it was my birthday yesterday. I was going to say, I've turned into my early hundreds. I'm really excited. But I feel bad. Because my sister Lorna has... a brain cancer what did her sister lorna do her sister lorna is has brain cancer oh that's she collapsed awful. on stage god i know her, her sister lorna i have to say like we all make we all i make jokes about lorna but only because of it's just she's not liza but yes <clears throat> her sister is actually the one who had to deal with her mother oh i don't know like anything. liza was the one who was sort of protected by her dad but lorna was like given the ugly end of that she was given <laughs> the business end of that chainsaw of a relationship i mean she was the one who really had to deal with Judy and Judy's dark days. And we, Is there we, a documentary? I also remember what I was going to say. Tons, tons. I want to watch it. But we don't give Lorna the credit because Liza looks... Was she in looks, show business? She's tried to be. Mm, but Liza came see? first. Liza looks and sounds like her mom. Right. So we gave it to Liza. So Liza somehow owns her mother more than Lorna, which I don't think is fair because Lorna's just as much Judy's right. daughter. Um. This is what it was. It was about addiction to sugar. So when I the first coping mechanism was, you know, was the sugar. But I by high school I was also like drinking and smoking pot and cigarettes and whatever. That was it. I didn't I didn't dip into anything else. But so when I went to the rehab, the stigma around sugar was so great that I lied and said my main issue was alcohol and pot because I was embarrassed to say. And I have a friend who's in like OA sugar stuff. I was so embarrassed to say, yeah, I have like a overeating like a binge eating thing because there's so much so food i think i think food is also it's like food's everywhere like you don't go to a restaurant and they're like they try to pair wine with everything well, they're not it, like it's celebrated yeah food, food is there is, for comfort food's right. there to wake you, you up food's to fuel eat. food so if is it's triggering let's it's get a like, treat let's have mm-hmm. a great lunch let's get a dinner let's get brunch and let's now get, i don't if have that now with food at all isn't that weird it just kind of like well, i means, broke the pattern well you broke the no you broke the the, f- the food wasn't ever the issue, neither was the sugar. It was the compulsion. It was the compulsion. Yeah. But, and so your uh, compulsion has manifested into other ways. I think because but you're But it's so... never been as bad as that with the food. <laughs> with the, oh my God, it's so... I think because you're on TV and you're so aware and you know that your looks are important. But this was, I lost the, the, the relationship with food like that when I went to college. I started, I think it's because I was like finally in like a place where like I had like a place to come home to that wasn't like pure chaos of, you know, because of the stepmom stuff. So it was like... Finally, then I was like in a more like balanced place. So then it felt like then it, I kind of like moved away from that. Let me ask you, what do you do 
that what do you do in your life to take the stress away? Whitewater rafting. What, come on. I just had what, to. What are you, you do? Know, I'll tell you what I do. I did it actually today. And don't lie to me. I won't. It's I go to the Asian body massage places. If I'm in New York. Okay. Oh, I should bless go with those sometime. motherfuckers. Yeah, I know the good ones. I know the good ones. Because there's like tears and I know the good ones. 11th and 3rd. Those people, the best. Really? Yep. I forget the name of the place, but each one of them there is good. Because most places, it's like one of them's good. And then the, and then I hate it when you get one who's like not enthusiastic and they're just like flapping their hands around mm-hmm. on you. And mm-hmm. I'm like, this is my thing I do to relax. And now you don't want to be here. Yeah. Well, like, give me some goddamn enthusiasm. The massage I got when I was in... Um, for do in Atlanta when we were taping, yeah, it wasn't bad, but it, and it was made it me, mind blowing. No, because I've had mind blowing massages. Mm-hmm. It's called sex, mm-hmm. but <laughs> I, um, it was just like she was. I wanted her to like be really rough. I yes. wanted her to like destroy my yes. back. Go and get she into was more it. Like it felt like a wave. Yeah, than anything. And I was like, come on, right? You're a water bender. I want an earth bender. Yes, this one was the guy was like starting out, and I thought he was, and then he got into it, and I was like, there we go. And I then I kick it up. I go, I start out with half an hour, and then I'm like sixty. I did ninety. In, right after the right after the thing and the thing in the audition, I did that. I think we both need like a vacation that doesn't yeah. involve getting rashes from octopus. So, <laughs> so when's the next time you're, you're, you're going to see Kiki? I see him next week. Yeah. Well, because I'm going to Scotland for like five days because I'm doing the Glasgow so Comedy fun. Festival. So fun. Best comedy festival. It's such a good During festival. the day, do you just hang out? Um, when I was there, I lost my passport. So I had to go try to hunt down my passport. That's not an activity that everyone needs to do. Mm-hmm. Um, I was like writing that down. Yeah, yeah. Like this is uh-huh, on the itinerary. Lose passport, then fine. Go and on. someone found my passport like five months later. Work. Yeah. No, wait. I lost How my- How did you get home? I lost my cell phone and my passport. I found the passport and someone found the cell phone. That's um, what it was. Well, my boyfriend's going to come. He's asking his boss t- t- Thursday if he can come up to Scotland so Ooh. we would have the whole week together. That's so fun. He's gonna lie and say it was for a wedding. That you I guys can't are imagine. getting married. Yeah, no, I and a hundred. I would one hundred percent. All right, we've got a question. Yeah, I, I want to get a voicemail. By the way, I want people to be able to call in and leave a voicemail. Alex, is that something we could do? Yeah. Set up a voice line, give them a number, and they call it, and we just check the voicemail Ooh, instead. Someone used a word I don't know. All right, we're gonna do that instead. So we'll have a number out for you guys to call. Um. Okay. So this is the thing. Um, the person says a very nice note and that they found us on YouTube and I really appreciate that. And he said, um, I found an interview with Mateo where he said that he has synesthesia. 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 Yeah. Can you talk about it on the show? How does it manifest for you? Um, so I have something called synesthesia. I don't know if I've talked about it on this show before, but it is a, um, all right. Synesthesia is basically this. Your brain has senses, right? And they, when they're during. Is this why you see color? Yeah. Ah, yes. So while your brain is like, in, this is the way I understand it, the way to describe it to me. During birth, like as your, your brain is developing, the senses are overlapped, mm-hmm. but they eventually separate. But synesthetes, whatever they're called, some of them still connect. So I have automatic, unprovoked, not in my control responses to certain things. So huh. mine is with letters, numbers, and music. When I see letters, only when I see the letters, not the reverse. If I see a color, I don't see numbers or hmm. letters. When I see letters or numbers, I see color. So like everything is like, like pretty intense. So like when you see like a clock that has like one, two, three on it, do you see color with I that? I see white, red, and green. The thing is a way it's like, okay, here's like, think of it this way. If you look at like the way you're looking, like I'm looking at you, right? Mm -hmm. Okay. And then there's what's happening in my mind. It's somewhere in between. 
So it's like, it's obviously not physically there. Like, I know that that thing that says showbriz, I know that's white and black. Mm -hmm. I know that the letters are white. I see that they're white. But there's another part of me that doesn't see white. There's another part of me that sees the S is purple, the H is orange, the the O is white, the W is like a purpley, dark purple, and then the B is dark brown, the R is red, the I is white, and the Z is purple. Interesting. And it's like like on the clock, how, how the brightest is number is 12, dark. Yeah. I didn't even think about that. I do that with cl- with the clock, too. That's so strange. And it's different from that being the like white, a color. The number one is the brightest, and so is number nine, hmm. because 10 is much darker than nine. That's very strange. I how never did you realize thought about you, that. How did you realize you had this? I've always had it. Like I remember as a kid, I would ask my mom to play the orange song, and I was talking about Barbara Streisand's wow. Don't Rain in My Parade. And I, I mean, I, you know, but the thing is, I never spoke of it because it's just so natural to right. my way of thinking that I thought everyone thought this way. Finally, I was 18. I was at lunch with my friends at college and I never, ever, I don't know what I, I literally said out loud, I go, you guys know when you listen to music and you see, or when you listen to music and you see all those colors, because I was going over <laughs> like, like, I was yeah, when you're on acid, I was listening to a song and I was seeing specific colors and I thought, oh, that's strange. I said it so casually, like everyone does that and everyone stared at me like I was a maniac. Right. And then my friend Ernest said, um, Mateo, that's synesthesia. You have synesthesia. Thank God he knew what it was and he wasn't just like naming something. He wasn't like, you've got right. like But then I ended up doing like tests for it and huh. like research. The only other person I know who has it is my friend Frank. Frank used to go by Aaron when he was in college. Uh, goes by Frank now. And Frank and I would sit and, and one, one thing I noticed about Frank that is very interesting is that him and I had very similar ways of thinking. Interesting. Drawing. I wait, I have that with my friend like, Mike who's dyslexic. When he says things, I'm like it's stuff and it, Carly's dyslexic too and but I and same with my friend Rob, our friend Robin too, but my friend Mike, when he puts things together, it's like we're so much better at like putting like broad concepts and interrelationships with people and like why this person said this and like social like analyzing emotions behind things. But when we uh, then other things we are not good at. Well, but it's the, it's so interesting because he's the, very dyslexic too. The, the interesting thing about, about Frank and I is the specifics that hmm. we were so similar. So like if you're an artist, okay, for an illustrator for example, it may, not, may if you're not an illustrator, you may think just people just draw and that's it. But there's very specific styles and approaches to art that only artists can see in other artists. And Frank and I have almost the exact same approach to art. And also are musically inclined. Hmm. So there were these two things. He's trans. Um, There's two things that we had so much in common with. Mm. And we just, and and we became best friends. And we would sit and listen to music, talk about what colors we see. We would always argue over numbers and letters because we see different numbers and letters. Does he date other men? He dates women. Women, nice. Um, So it's just very interesting. That is interesting. Do you ever see colors when you're having sex? No, when I hear if I'm listening to music and having sex, but ah. it, but it's not like so. I wonder what it would be like if it was taken away. Yeah, because then I think I would start to realize how much it affects my life. Right, it's sort of like painted over everything. That's so interesting. So it also probably is why I'm always a little in my head. I'm a little like not always present because there's like another I world think you're happening. You're so much more present than like so many other people, though. I'm present, but part of me is also just tuned out. Right. I mean, you're but. You're attentive. Yes. Well, because you're in- interesting and engaging. Oh. Well, I, I will listen to what you say. <laughs> There's a lot of people. I'm using I, that as a credit. I talk to them for three seconds and I just completely zone out. Huh. But that's what synesthesia is. Wow. Do we have more questions? Yes, we do. We I didn't even think about asking about more questions. We got a whole bunch of them. Am I funny in this? 
Yes. I don't feel very You're so funny. funny. Oh, please. I would pay to have my ex-girlfriend not message me anymore. Which, I would Which ex-girlfriend? The Italian the who has the baby? The one and only. No, love her. Oh, 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 oh do oh, I love I her, Daniela? My, about. I love her. Wait, I gotta tell you, she came to a show. So this is an ex of mine who my beloved. I've, I've been in love twice. Lily and Daniela. I adore Daniela's personality. So fun. We were not a good fit for each other. We mm-hmm. were actually there's things, and because I realized I'm a fucking freak. And if someone's like not into like dirty sex and stuff, like it doesn't need to be all the stuff. But like having sex is important. To me. Yeah, I just, I just, I'm like thinking about having sex right now with my boyfriend and I can't wait. Yeah, that's important. Like your whole body I'm shuts a sexual, down. About I'm a it. sexual like, person. And like, and you know, where I really excel, I haven't done this with this new girl, but I like being able to call someone like a slut. Like, I like being able to like play around with that. Yeah, it's fine. Yeah, it's fun. I mean, I like, uh, yeah, I like that stuff. But so, um, so I, the ex, Daniela, the beloved, when we broke up, at that point we'd like even been it had been more of a friendship for a while anyway. But then when I got the new girlfriend that was like the this one, she was like, I don't want you guys being friends. And Daniela had a boyfriend, penis man boyfriend, and he was like, I'm cool with you guys being friends. And I was like, I want to, but I can't. My new girlfriend doesn't feel comfortable with it. Daniela says, You found someone to normalize your chaos. I said, God damn, she's good. And then her and I didn't talk for like a year and a half, maybe two years. Daniela was always set on having a baby. Now she's got a beautiful baby. And um, then she came to my show on Sunday. Wow. And I cried. We were talking. Emma! I cried. And I never cried. And we were at Littlefield. I had this great show. I had like flown in red eye in that morning, done warm up for John Oliver, done the show. And I was sitting with her. And what made me cry was because I just believe in her so much. And I'm so proud of her. And like, it was such an honor to be with someone of that caliber of like personality and empathy that just did achieve all the things that she had. Like, I believe in her life story so much. So I said to her, I was like, you know, I know that you said that you thought sometimes I was like a snake oil salesman. And I just want you to know that everything that I said about how I felt about you was sincere and like 100%, like just totally from the heart. And I'm so proud of you. And then I started crying a little Aww. bit. And then this fucking wasted girl came over and was like, hey, oh my God. Some girl grabbed me last night. I know she was being nice. And she goes, thank you for being the only funny comedian. And I was like, everyone just hurt you. And I always like... Also, don't touch people you don't know. Yeah, I don't even. Yeah, that, I'm gonna be like Avril Lavigne in those like fan photos. But we like were like, she came away. over right at that time when we did that. So we just like looked at her, and then she was like, uh, and then I was like, we Are haven't gotten hot? caught up in, in a while. But it was so nice. To, it was so nice to see her because it was like such good energy too. And uh, the new per- the person that I'm talking to was like, oh, I think that's great that you and your ex are friends. So it wasn't. It was not. It was not Daniela, but it was hard, you know, seeing that like she's with a penis guy now. It is hard because I'm like, oh, I kind of felt like a more, I don't know, you know, there was something off, and I was like, I wonder if that's part of what it was. Well, I know, I just want to say, I don't know if you're ready to have a baby, but I'm gonna go meet her. I'm gonna go meet the guy and the baby in two weeks. God, you're like giving him a blessing and get this. They're doing construction because she has a new apartment, so she says every weekend they're doing construction. I'm gonna be like, oh, I'll help out with the construction. Just to be no, real gay. Maybe about ask it. if you can like babysit the baby. Oh yeah. I don't know if you should be. I love. I love the baby. The baby's so. I cute. like when I see pictures of you and your niece or nephew. Yeah, niece. Yeah, that's yeah. so cute. You and that baby. She looks just like you. She's your family so has those genes. Yeah, she's so. So. Are so your cute. parents both Aryan? Like blonde. My dad's blue German and, and my mom's special. My like mom's Swedish. No, we're not Swedish. 
We aren't, but the, what you makes really look Swedish. But, and what makes that so funny is my mom goes used to go to Sweden all the time because she's a Swedish weaver. That's her job. Remember, she's a sweet Susan Cheever hand weaver. Susan Cheever Swedish weaver. So her business card. Emma, I would, Emma Susan Cheever Swedish weaver. My sister go. You can't have well, Susan Cheever hand weaver. No, you can't have that on your business card. Well, that's what I am. But it sounds like you're joking. She's like, but it's but it's true. I'm like, but Susan Cheever hand weaver. That's what you want. Your why do you need a business card, mom? Who's asking about the hand weaving? You know, like. You're good. The poor woman. We got to do a podcast with her. We have to do it. I would love to. We should get, we should have both of our moms on the show. That'd be, an, you think we should do it at the same time? I think we'll need to focus on your mom a lot stronger because <laughs> I have questions. I wonder what she would like. My mom has a very colorful childhood. She could tell you all about like, you know, her Mexican dad, her Italian family, like people in the mafia, yeah. like all that stuff. And I mean, I want to hear her side of the story about the person in your family who killed a person with an axe. Uh-huh. That's a good And got point. away with it. And got away with it, yeah. Mm-hmm. An axe. That's mm-hmm. very violent. Mm-hmm. It's very violent. Mm-hmm. One of my favorite memories with Daniela, the love, was when we were first dating, and she's like super Italian, and we were talking. Why are you so into Italians? What is it about us? That I don't you know. Love? I just, and Jewish people a lot of times. Well, Jews, I love. Because it's a, there's a camaraderie between a lot of Jews and Italians because we just kind of connect on this sort of neurotic loud family oriented yeah. food based overbearing mother and it's so different from like my kind of be- like more like waspy background so it's like i appreciate it like i get along well with people that are neurotic because I i'm get, neurotic i get nervous around wasps you you if you came to my family like we have like a all our cousins have like little places in like cape cod and we like play tennis and like all right a family you dinner. lose it. let's say there's like we don't talk we drink gin no no no. but like let's say they like, give each other our resumes no let's say that you have like like there's t- i don't know how big your family is but let's say like a semi-family reunion and you're all sitting and eating so how many people do you think would be there so like every summer we have like a party the porch party where we all go and have cocktails and it's probably like 25 30 people that's it mm-hmm. okay uh how tell me the conversations i want to ask a couple questions so how have you been? oh so good to see you how have you been Good, good, you know, um, and you're doing, Did your mom said you are doing comedy. Were you on the Colbert show? Yeah, I was. Wow. How are you? Good. Da-da-da is doing da-da-da. And Bubba just finished law school and Bubba found a good thing and they've, you know, they've started their company and they got a house and it's very good and why are you, you know. But I fucking love my mom's family. But do you, oh no, I really I'm do. not shaming. No, I know. But I just wanted to not. do you talk all at the same time? No. Come on. No. There's 25 of you there. No. Are you joking? You met my beloved cousin, Norma. I love Norma. I love my yeah, cousins. Yeah. My first cousins. Ah, my well, cousins my, I talk to. Sir, my, my first cousins through my first cousin. I've got for my <laughs> my grandmother married my grandfather's brother. So I've got a big chunk of first cousins. I love the motherfucking the cousins who were from the cousins who are also my step second cousins or whatever. Those ones. Ah, love uh, someone asked me what the greatest thing in the world is. And I said, my cousins love I, the cousins. I talk to them every day. I love cousins. Oh, they're the best. I wouldn't have survived school or life without my cousins. Give my me cousins a goddamn are... cousin. Love a cousin. My family. Typically... My cousin Mary. Ah, so supportive. So when I went back to Chicago, we ha- we probably had like, it was small. We had like around 25 people at my grandma's house. Just ordered Lubanatis and just sat in the basement and talked. But it's just. But you have, do, you do real talk. We, we, we. Very real yes. talk. <clears throat> Very real talk. We murder, death, no, sex. no, but no. There's a lot of laughing. My family deals with things. My family gets away with a lot of serious talk through humor. Yeah, we, we don't communicate do that. through humor. We don't do that. And yeah, and and then there's lots of things that like we no one talks about, which are like ridiculous, like ridiculous. Like what's what's something you wouldn't talk about? Uh, like I had this family member that had this like 
big diamond brooch and there was all these diamonds on it. And if you broke it apart, it depreciated the value by a bunch. But like one of my cousins broke it apart. She's like, well, I wanted it for a wedding ring. So it decreased the value hugely, huge amount. And I was like, that's a problem for me because this was belongs to all of us. It should have been a discussion about what's going to happen to this clump of diamonds that now has depreciated in value by like 40%. Like that should be a conversation. All of us own that. And they, it was like, you can't say that. Like we don't talk about money stuff. And I was like, this is like, and then I had another cousin that like took, took, these are not the other, these are not the subset of first cousins I'll talk about. These are my other first cousins, but they were, they took the diamonds are like, oh, they want diamond earrings. So I was like, well, I want diamond earrings. So like, you don't wear diamond earrings. I'm like, no, you waspy people pretend that th- money things don't have an actual like assigned value to it too. Like, I don't give a fuck. I'll sell those on the, I'll sell them to a pawn shop and take more acting classes. Like, give me the diamonds. But like, they would, you know what I mean? Like, it's like that kind of thing. It's like, oh no, no, we just, don't. so I said recently, I'm like, where's the diamond brooch at? My mom's like, well, if you want to bring it up, you can bring it up. But we know we talk about it. It's going to the safety deposit box. And I'm like, this is a big amount of diamonds. Like, why is this such a weird thing to talk about? Like, it should be like, logistically, like, what's the paperwork here? And let's divvy this shit up. When my grandma met Evan Williams, she asked if he had a picture of Anthony Weiner's penis. Yeah. She wanted to see it. Now, how would you guys handle the diamond? How would you guys handle something like a diamonds or artwork okay, or money? Let's stuff? say the family owned the diamond. It was a, it, it was a, di- a brooch. This like very rare brooch that okay. if you sold it at an auction would have been extremely valuable. But instead of selling it at an auction, a cousin wa- it was a, had this like special stone in the middle and then diamonds all around it. Instead of selling it at an auction for the cash First of value, all, the diamond, the brooch would go to my grandmother, the matriarch of the family. Well, the grandmother died, so that's why the the, the right, niece. In my is family, my grandma's alive. It goes to my grandma, right? And then my grandma picks who it goes to. Well, she left it to all of us, so that was so that's why I said if we she need left to it to all of us. Then I bet you, my mom's and sister, her sisters would because my aunt. My aunt people also. get real weird talking about money stuff, which I understand. Yeah, I'm my the, family's had some money. Issues. I think a lot of people are like that, though. And it's then they difficult. look at me like I'm crazy because I've diverged from that completely. Like I'm out to fucking see with what I'm trying to do. You know what I mean? Yeah. I don't know. My family's just dealt with bigger issues. Like my grandpa went blind at the age of five with a foreign well, family some, and became had plenty of fucked up beca- stuff. He but. became a judge. He put That's himself. Great. Think about it. He put himself through law school. Went downtown Chicago every day. And became a lawyer and became a judge. He can't see shit. What kind of um, stuff did he judge? You know, like... I'd love Cook, to be a Cook judge. County. I would love to be love. a judge. Actually, you know what? You wouldn't. Because you actually deal with a lot of really terrible things like domestic violence. Oh, and yeah. Separating families and mm. stuff like that. Like, it's actually a very difficult job because as a judge, like, the police have to deal with, like, the sort of physical manifestation of these problems. Right. But the judge has to deal with the emotional... It's within his hands how he's right. going to split this family up or talk about this or keep these people, you know. It's, yeah, it's that's, actually, a God, it's, that's a doozy. Oh, there's a lot of emotional weight when it comes to judges. We So I cut you off. I didn't mean to. Uh, what is it that you think drives you with the where you're like, success, success, I got to make it, I got to make it. Because I used to go to bed at night when I would, before I had like an agent or a manager, it was just like me out there. And I still feel like it is just me. But now I've got Same. like a team, you know, you get a team around you and but- stuff. You still feel you're alone. You st- I'm the you, same way. I do, but now I have a lot of help. Where it's yeah. and I stay on it. I stay on it. But every set, it's like each new person I got that's working with me. Now it's like, okay, I'm like literally walking through like a bog of like shit and blood, and I've got no shoes, and I'm like naked, and it stinks. And then as you get one thing, someone gives you a face mask, and then someone gives you a uh, knife, and then some. So as they give me this stuff, it helps you move forward. I feel but like there's I have an artistic I would just like, answer, I and I sort of like like Joan Rivers always said, it's like a nun's calling. That there's just, you just, there was no, there was no, there's no other answer. 
There was no other way. There was no other life I could live. So this was it. Um, I think for me, it was a need of expression to be mm. heard, to be seen. I wonder what the hell my Validation to be accepted, to be yeah. liked. To I be think, loved. I do think there's something. That's not mine, though, not to be loved. There's something innately within performers. I want that, creative control and leverage. There's, but there's something innately within performers where we feel the urge to be, we would feel the urge to express and perform. I mean, I like performing. Yeah, and I also feel like anger towards all. I want to. I'm furious. Yeah, there we go. <laughs> I'm furious. Furious. I'm furious about everything. I feel grateful for the people that listen to this podcast, though. I truly do. I really oh, do. Oh, yeah, for sure. I do. How do we get more people to listen? I don't know. What do you guys think? Yeah, does do anyone need out to be there more have, like... structured? Anyone got the ideas? Someone wrote us about how to get sponsorship. You know what I mean? Like, okay. Um, which... How do we do that? Uh, how do we do anything? We don't know what we're doing. Oh, my God. Hmm. The hairdresser commented on the picture of me with the apples. She doesn't know it's about her. What did she say? She, I can't say because then people know who it, which one oh. it is. Um, she just liked the picture. <laughs> How many followers are you at? 15.5. Thank every single one of you. Wow, I that's appreciate awesome. you from the bottom of my heart. I just got to 74.9. Um. We should, we got to wrap it up, but we can't wait. Now we're both back in the city, so we're going to have, do a bunch of like interviews with other people and like get that cooking. Yeah, we're, we're going to get, get really Monet creative. exchange on the show. Yep. Let us know who you guys want us to talk to. Um, you know, thank you guys for being here. Uh, you know? Anything else we want to add? Anything else we want to say? Just shoot me. Are, are you really that upset right now? No, not at all. Okay. Um, thank you guys. 